This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories on your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Happy Halloween to everyone. Uh, I guess before we actually get this rolling, Pete, what what was the best thing as a kid to get in the bag? What is the best Halloween candy? Um, I you know I think anything Reese's is pretty safe. Uh, is being good. I'm I don't know if there's like I don't know if there's anything that like even when I was younger I thought was better than that necessarily. You know, Snickers was always good. All those, uh, you know, you, you're used to getting the the mini size, and then occasionally you'd run into somebody who's handing out the full size, and that was the big deal. Uh, so yeah, I, probably that. Probably not the most interesting answer, but it's good. I would say it's safe. And look, you can't go wrong with chocolate. Um, me now that I'm older, um, for me, I love confiscating the Skittles for my children. Um, but like you were talking about with the full size, um, where I grew up in Colchester, New Jersey. In the next town over, where I live now, Freehold, New Jersey, there was a Nestle factory back in the day. And the first house on the left of my street, you know, we live further down the road, uh, where a family known as the Farahs. Mr. Farah was one of the top dogs over at the Nestle factory. So Mr. Farah had the full size, I'm talking like the movie theater size, Nestle crunches. And like the running joke for years was, is, you know, people would try to go back a second time and you can never fool them. So the trick was to try to change up your costume enough where you could fool Mr. Farah into a second or possibly even a third bar. Um, those were the ones. Uh, but yeah, for me nowadays, Skittles, but I, I, I got to be honest, candy's not my thing. Uh, I, I, food, give me food, give me sandwiches, desserts, none of that stuff. I want food, I want meat, sandwiches, any of that stuff. Um I guess the way I'm guessing this in the way I was told I was directed towards it is um, Tony Grossi was nice enough to lift the paywall. And I'm, assu- I'm assuming if you wanted somebody to read it, it's probably why the paywall was lifted for this one. Um, some wise person in the newspaper business once said to me, there are no dumb questions, only dumb answers. Actually, I heard the same thing earlier in life from a school teacher seeking to inspire inquisitiveness in her classroom. Turns out there's blah, 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 blah. But the whole point of this story, guys, and this is the thing here, um, is, and Tony name drops Bernie Kosar. He name drops Sam Artigliano. I think the only thing he didn't put in here was reminding everyone that he does hold a vote for the Hall of Fame. Um, Everybody to remind how long he's been here. And basically, Pete, to say, you know, it sounds a lot like he's allowed to pretty much do what he wants. And, uh, you know, Baker should have to deal with it and things of that nature. We've admitted where we thought Baker was wrong and all this, but this is the issue with, and this is kind of where he sinks his own battleship as, you know, as long as he's been here, he's essentially saying he hasn't changed. You know, kids, a guy Baker's age knows that Tony has written defamatory stuff about him. You know, the stuff that is not flattering, Um, you know, all this negative stuff, this stuff is on the internet for the rest of eternity. Baker's future children can see this. And, you know, I look like I have nephews that are, you know, young 20s. It's cutthroat. When they're done with somebody, they're done with somebody, and it's not going to be redone. He's gone to the organization, asked for time with Baker. They told him no. He's gone to Baker, asked for extra time. Baker's told him no. He's, I've gone to upper echelon in the organization 
And I don't know if they even asked Baker or whatever, but apparently those, you know, those requests have been refuted as well. When are you going to get the deal, dude? The guy just doesn't want to give you the time of day. Um, he tries to give you what he can in a presser, but because you can't get more, it, it goes to this. And I don't want to spend any more time on this when we have, but you know, he can write whatever he wants. Pete, it, he's only making this worse because teammates are usually going to stick together. That's usually the way it works, and especially a team that has his aspirations. And right now we're sitting two and five. He better just cut the nonsense altogether, or you know, he's gonna get a no comment for the better part of a month from everybody. Um, so let's let's put it all out there. Tony Grossi's a liar on this. Uh he said before uh, Baker Mayfield was drafted. He called him Johnny Manziel 2.0. Robert Mays famously went on uh, that radio show and just tore him apart because he knew Grossi didn't know anything and took it to him. Um, and then uh, he said he was retire, going to retire if the Browns drafted him because he was so confident they wouldn't draft him because he they thought he thought he was the next Johnny Manziel. And then. Baker knew all this stuff and wasn't happy about it because that's sort of how he rolls. He, he, he is a guy who is fueled by spite in some respects. And Tony Grossi feels that he should not have to answer for anything he does. And the reason he's full of shit on this is because he's done this before. He did this with Eric Mangini. And when Eric Mangini came in uh, as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, the first press conference, uh, Eric Mangini walked into Tony Grossi said flat out you're not going to pull the same shit you did in New York later he would write in print he said Eric Mangini was a spy for the New York Jets never apologized never owned up to it never anything this he does not um, he does not apologize he does not feel he should be uh, held accountable for what he says and feels that he should basically be able to do whatever he wants in the situation. And basically the other person should just sit there and take it. Now, ultimately, uh, again, I don't think Mayfield handled himself as well as he could have, should have will in the future. Um, I, I, I I, I don't like when any player says you don't play, it's a cop out. Um, it's a cop out for a lot of reasons. You know, how many people play in the NFL, Imagine if you say that to a woman, you know, they, all the things that come with them. Having said that, again, uh, you know, I, I, I can say that if somebody else asked the question that Grossi asked, maybe he doesn't get the same reaction because of the baggage that comes with it. However, Grossi was wrong. He was flat wrong on a point about the game of football, which is the whole argument here is that he's some great, you know, sage of, you know, Northeast Ohio football coverage. He was flat wrong. The penalty happens. The clock stops. They don't have to rush to the line of scrimmage. They have a whole play clock. And that's what Baker Mayfield was trying to talk, tell him. And then he kept getting interrupted and he kept getting, he got angry and basically said, uh, you know, he's, I'm trying to tell you. And then you keep, essentially you keep interrupting me. And then he asked a dumber question which just sort of set the whole thing off. Ultimately, you can say that the player needs to represent himself better and this, that, and the other, but the question was flat stupid and wrong. He got it wrong, and he has to own the fact that he got it wrong. 
And there are other people in that media room who know he got it wrong and will tell you he got it wrong. And that's what drives me nuts about this whole thing is that another situation where Tony Grossi was flat wrong. He's mad because he's the story. He's trying to write himself out of the way of being the story, and it's not going to work. They tried to do this before when he cried foul, uh, when, he, when he cried that he was being targeted by Baker Mayfield. And he wasn't. All the dude said was his first name. It may have asked him how he was. Uh, like, this is the ultimate thin-skinned cop-out of a football writer. Uh, and and it's, 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 you have to be better than that, especially as long as you've been in this business. Your whole point is you want to be, you know, you're, you're trying to be this big, bad wolf type. And you're, it, it, you know, you keep getting uh, shown to be a fraud in that regard in, in terms of your willingness to be this, you know, this hard-ass beat writer that's not going to take any nonsense. You cry foul immediately, and you can't do that if you're going to be that, you know, you're going to be that dude. And he's not the first. He won't be the last. There are lots of people who do this, lots of writers who have done this, who have been, you know, very tough when they want to be, and then immediately cry, cry foul. And I'm not going to say any names that rhyme with Whitlock, but that is the type of guy that <laughs> has these issues and runs into these issues. Some of these guys are thin-skinned for life, and they, you can see them fighting the same battles over and over from – previous failures and all this. And that's, you know, that's what this is. And, and again, it's not a big deal. Um, again, it doesn't look great for Mayfield and there are people who don't like it and they are, are going to take it as an excuse to say what they already thought about Mayfield. And, but the bottom line is the Browns need to win on Sunday and none of this will impact it at all. Uh, this will be my final close here. And this was the part of it and I didn't get to it here. And uh, I actually just sent it over to Pete because apparently he hasn't gotten to it yet. He said in Indianapolis when they had the joint practices, he said, I had an idea where I wanted to talk to Jer Baker about his jersey number. And this is where my gripe is with him, where he's not putting in the work that anybody, these other people are putting in. The Browns actually put out a video when Baker first got to Cleveland after he was drafted. They took him into the room. They showed him what they had available jersey-wise. The first thing Baker said is, I've never gotten to pick my own jersey number in my life. It was literally released on the Browns pages, on their social media, on their webpage. I've never chosen my own number. All right, I guess we'll go with six. I guess six is what I am now. There's nothing to ask him. He didn't choose six. He is six. He's never – He literally, there was literally footage of Baker saying he's never chosen his – so there's no background to why he wears six. The reason he wears six is because when he got to Oklahoma, they gave him six. Like, there's no story. Like, you should know this. I know this. This is, you know, you get paid a really good ton of money. Apparently, now your contact's got to be paid to be read. And you don't know this. Why? Why don't you know this? It's your job to know it. It's it's, it's frustrating. We'll get to a little, you know, preliminary Denver talk. Some other stuff as we roll on through here. I'm Locked On Browns. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith. Look, guys, uh, if you bet office pools, if you're doing really well, the season is halfway through at this point. We are on to uh, we are on to week nine. So if you're doing well there, why don't you see if you actually really make some money? Uh, go ahead, and the place to do that would be at mybookie.ag. Whether it is betting, obviously, just the spreads. Whether there's four, three, four, five games a week you like, parlay them, adjust the point spreads in the bat. You know, according to your needs. Uh, you know, so that way, you know, you spend a little, possibly win a lot. Fantasy folks, bet on over-unders of fantasy players. Thursday nights, uh, Sunday night, 
you know, game Sunday, Monday night. You've always got a chance three nights of the week to have some extra action going. So go ahead and check that out. Live in-game betting. If the school, if game's not going the way you like at halftime, go ahead, backdoor yourself, cover yourself that way. Plenty of ways, plenty of avenues to bet with one of the best sites there is, with one of the, with the best odds going. MyBookie.ag. They will match your initial deposit up to 100%. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.ag. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid, and always appreciate them for their sponsorship of Locked On Browns. Pete, it's taken me for about three days to not call him Josh Allen. Kyle Allen. Brandon Allen will be quarterbacking the Denver Broncos on Sunday. What do you got? Oh, Brandon Allen was a a reasonably solid quarterback that had a little bit of juice uh, when he was entering his last season at Arkansas, and it didn't really translate. And something that you know that really wasn't Brandon Allen's fault. Um, it, it was more of a product of you know the team just wasn't very good, and and it sort of fell apart around him. Um, he's he's sort of the Captain Average, like he does everything a little bit, but he doesn't do anything particularly well. And in that respect, he's sort of like uh, the dude the Browns traded to the uh, the Lions before the season. Um, he just sort of like he, 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 he's gonna he's gonna either play really smart and be affected by that. Or he's not going to be good at all. Like there, you don't. It's going to be really hard for him to be effective in this one, just because the Browns have so many pass rushers. Uh, but and it's tough. You're coming into this game. You're coming in on you know not with a little practice. You're coming in with like no practice, and you're expected to be good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he again, he he was pretty good in college. I mean, he had a couple of very big wins. Uh, that last season, he beat. He, he was able to lead Arkansas past LSU. He was able to lead uh, Arkansas p- past a, a really good Ole Miss team, 52-53, uh, where he threw six touchdown passes and 442 yards. You know, it wasn't that long ago that Ole Miss was really good. It's almost. It's it's hard to remember now. They are so awful. <laughs> You're just like, wait, what? This team used to be good, uh, but they were the most talented team money could buy. They just couldn't win. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, he's done some successful things. Uh, it just really hasn't happened yet for him. And, and, you know, he's sort of, he, he is what you look at as, as a backup quarterback. I think that's really what he, what he, he, he should be. He, he's steady Eddie type. He's not, you know, he's not a guy who's really going to take over the game. He, 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 he may do some nice things, but it, it's, it's a lot like what you saw against the Jets um, when they mm-hmm. were down quarterbacks. I think that's a lot of what you're going to get. He may make some nice throws, Luke Falkish, but you're sitting there and you know he's not the the guy. And obviously, you know, he's not supposed to be the third-string quarterback. I mean, God knows how many times did the Browns do this. Like, this is one of those things where I'm, like, sitting here going, one, the Browns need to win, so I don't care. And two, I don't feel bad for anyone else because mm-hmm. of how many times the Browns have literally done this and had to roll with the third string quarterback. And, and, you know, we're trying to shine up a turd and hope something's worth 
looking at in this and you know they, they've rolled through so many and and it, the shoes on the other foot and there's a lot of teams in this situation and none of them are the browns so you know I, I i'd certainly rather the browns beat the broncos at full strength but it is what it is and i'd rather the browns had all their guys helping and they don't so you got what you got and i hope the browns win and 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 win in convincing fashion and look like a better football team um you know and some things like uh you know you can't see any there's no footage to be had even preseason footage of Brandon Allen playing for Denver Broncos as he was a you know over the summer acquisition for Denver so there's nothing there's nothing to see that way so the issue there then is you know you go to what they have um you know, running back wise uh Royce Freeman is playing more of a role this year I do remember uh, Royce Freeman I believe Pete was a Pete Smith darling Philip Lindsay um you know obviously we saw Philip Lindsay last year go ahead I, I do like I, I did did do will continue like Royce Freeman. I, I uh, it's the, the the tandem backfield of my boy and uh, Nicole's uh, boy Philip Lindsay in the backfield, and they're not bad. Uh, I think, Our favorite Ohio mom. Uh, I think they are hurting when it comes to being able to contribute too much in the passing game. Philip Lindsay's probably. I, really around the same level as Nick Chubb is at this point where they can do some things and they'll make a play. Swings, there, screens. Not, it's not real, real running back. Yeah. Routes. You're not sitting there going, man, if you know, the, he's a really big threat in the passing game. It's sort of, you know, those normal run of the mill expected running back plays, but um, their interior, their offensive line is pretty good uh, or at least reasonably effective. So that's where they're probably going to do their damage. Uh, I, they're going to really have a difficult time doing anything outside. Garrett Bullis is not awful, <laughs> but he's a former first round pick. And he's, he, he's he, in a lot of ways, he's like what Cam Irving was for the Browns. And that like when he does something wrong, it's never a little wrong. It's always the whole way. So then he, you know, he's got his share of clips that are really, really bad, and that has become who he is. And, and, and by no means, I, I didn't like Garrett Bullis as a prospect. He was a very nice story. You know, he's a kid who struggled uh, staying out of trouble in high school and stuff like that and sort of seemed to get things turned around in college. But uh, he was older <clears throat> by virtue of some of the things he had done in his past, and he was yes. reasonably nice prospect in terms of tools. But – he just wasn't there yet, and you were you know you, the, the the calculus here is you were taking an overaged developmental prospect in the first round. Don't do that. And the Browns did it. Brandon Whedon went as well as he thought it would. Um, and Garrett Bullis, you know, you don't take that player in the. He should be like a fourth round pick, and they took him in the first round. It just hasn't hit the way they needed to, you know, basically none of uh, the picks around that time that were in the first round for John Elway did. So it, it's, it's a big hole for them. And that's, you know, this is obvious. This will make people nervous uh, with not getting Trent Williams and stuff, because this is likely the path the Browns are going to take, but uh, don't take an overaged offensive tackle. If you're going to go with a, a, you know, developmental guy, you got to get that Colton Miller, uh, type area where he's a guy who was supremely athletic and raw, but he was also like 21. Uh, and that's sort of a bet worth taking. Now, Colton Miller's a, a pretty good player, and you guys sort of work with that. But yeah, Garrett Bull is, is going to have a difficult time. I think it's Chris Clark is their right tackle. Um, and if, if, if Olivier Vernon 
is playing the way he has the last two weeks and Miles Garrett continues just beating Miles Garrett, they're going to kill this team. Um, and they may do what they did to the Jets, where Miles Garrett may they can do that. What I'm hoping is what we see is that you basically get what Miles Garrett did in the Jets game without the flags that came in the Jets game because and the fines. It, it, it just well, it just made it so hard to notice that Miles Garrett destroyed the Jets almost single-handedly because everybody's fretting about the flags. And 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 Freddie made a good point in one of the press conferences where. You know, Miles Garrett had like I think six penalties in, in the first two or three games and hasn't had one since. Um, making that adjustment, that's but that's all. You know, he he was a dominant player against the Jets uh, and and completely manhandled their their offense. Just took it completely apart. And I'm hoping he has a similar impact. Not that I'm hoping anybody gets hurt, but that uh, it, just in terms of being that dominant. But we don't have you know multiple personal fouls. Even though I thought one was a little Ticky tack, uh, because now I don't I don't want to get in the conversation. Well, that, that thankfully died away, which is is Miles Garrett a dirty player? And the answer is no. Uh, but that's sort of what you got into just by virtue of those happening on national TV uh, and having so many penalties uh, with that in the Titans game and, and that stuff. Uh, yeah, and so you know, but I mean, if you guys were even remember last year's game against Denver, there were you know Philip Lindsay caught a couple of balls early. Joe Schobert lit him up once. Jamie Collins had a day that had a, had a night that night. He lit him up a couple of times. Uh, Royce Freeman's more obviously you know, between the tackles. Philip Lindsay's outside. Pete, uh, towards the end of last season, you know, Cortland Sutton was starting to develop. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton was starting to show some things. And when I was doing the crossover episode, it actually went and watched a little bit of Denver Thursday. Watched a little today. Deshaun Hamilton isn't even really part of the core, the wide receiver core right now. He's kind of he just hasn't been playing as well. Obviously, they moved on from Manuel Sanders, so it's you know it's Cortland Sutton and some guys essentially. Uh, it's Noah Fant who you know I think he's gotten a little bit better, but I mean he's been you know he's literally been juggling everything they've thrown to him, and when he hasn't been doing that, he's been committing penalties. There's there's I mean when you're going with Brandon Allen here, there's just not much skill really on this offense. Right. Uh, Cortland Sutton, obviously a guy uh, I was a big fan of coming out of SMU. Uh, was a little bit of a project, uh, but he is really, really good. He was really athletic, strong, um, had some issues in terms of how he caught the ball. Um, he, he, he was futzing with it too much. He didn't catch a lot of balls cleanly. Um, and you saw that last year. Um, he had some drops and, and, and some things of that nature. Uh, and this year he's he's taken a huge step forward. Uh, he is, you know, and that's why for a lot of Browns fans he was, you know, sort of that dream X receiver target um, to get in that class. And obviously, you know, they, they they went the route they did. But he's become a really nice player. But the problem is they don't really have much help. And I think Noah Fant will be fine, um, as we saw with David Njoku making the adjustment from tight end into the NFL is really really difficult. Uh, you're, that's why you want to get young guys uh, with body, you know, NFL bodies that are going to start to figure this out. But it's just one of those positions is really difficult. No offense, particularly, he's been dealing with a ton of drops, um, and, and he's getting some of the, the treatment that you know Corey Coleman and some of those guys had have had when they were with the Browns. Uh, from Denver fans, I don't think it's quite as bad, but I, I know I know I've noticed it, and certainly, you know, something you know people who are watching uh, who aren't fans of Broncos sort of pick on with him 
Uh, I think he will be very good. It's just going to take a little while. And, and obviously, you know, going to Brandon Allen now does not help with the chemistry and that stuff. But at the same time, you know, Joe Flacco was struggling. Um, so it may not really be that much of a factor. It's not like we were very much concerned with Joe Flacco as it is. Obviously, you know, even, you know, I mean, some of these Browns vendors have seen him a bunch. Uh, you know, he had a difficult time, the one start he had against the Browns last year. It's, you well, know, if anything, and, if anything he, he, you know, with the way they were blocking up front, Joe Flacco might have uh, allowed uh, Miles Garrett to go Derek Thomas on this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it's, you know, I mean, look, Flacco got, you know, reevaluated, and apparently now it's, it's, more, it's longer than a month. It's closer to six weeks, but, um, you know, Joe played. can't move at all anyway. He's not going to play that, nor should he. I mean, honestly, he and I'll be honest with you, he, he he probably will never he will never suit he will never be the quarterback for the Denver Broncos again. You know, that's, uh, I'm more curious if he's not going to be done entirely um, for the same reason. I don't know how much he has to prove. I, I don't doubt he wants to win. I don't doubt he wants to compete. Um, I, I know he gets knocked in the same way Jay Cutler did that they're sort of their body language doesn't suggest they're super passionate and they're, they're, the way they talk, they're not fiery guys. Um, and, and it's not to say that I, I think Josh Flacco should not be in the NFL. Certainly he's an NFL caliber quarterback. Uh, but I don't know if he's going to get another shot that's attractive enough for him where he's just, where he's going to be a guy who's happy to just sort of, be a backup quarterback. Exactly. Uh, Do you want to go the Chase Daniel route now with all the money you've made? That's the question. Yeah, although that's that's that 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 does make things interesting. Uh, if he were to be a free agent and he's healthy, um, he is one of the few perspective, prospective free agent quarterbacks that actually does fit um, what Chicago needs. Like Teddy Bridgewater is not a fit for the Chicago Bears, just like Deshaun no. Watson wasn't a fit for the Chicago Bears, and Nick Foles isn't a fit for the Ch- Chicago Bears. He, um, you know, unless the Bears are going to build a dome, they do need somebody with a pretty good arm, and Flacco does have that. Um, and maybe you can build an offense around, you know, the fact that you don't want him to be uh, throwing too much, and you really want to run the ball, but you need it just enough. Maybe he can do that, but you know, that's about, you know, that that may be the best fit for him. I don't know if there's a really another one that stands out that could work, and I don't know if they're excited for that one either. Yeah, but I mean, look, I mean, some of this point, I mean, you get to the hundred million, it's, you know, what do you actually want to do with your life? And, you know, look, if you're talking with necks and backs and, you know, and, you know, being out of alignment and, you know, it's a question of, you know, how many more hits can the body actually take? Who knows what Joe Flacco, but yeah, I don't, I, you know, Denver's not going to be, it won't be a point where it'll be necessary for him. And even for Denver where, you know, what are we going to put you in there for? Because you could get to a certain point where, look, you know, you know, if we don't win, it's only really better for us in the long run. We'll get here to a little bit more on Lockdown Browns. Jeff, Pete, driving you through on what is your Friday edition. Hope everybody had a great holiday. Uh, happy, uh, great Halloween. Today's Lockdown Browns is sponsored by Pact Car Insurance. Pact, Pact Car Insurance. Here's a question I've always wondered. Why do you have to pay for your insurance when you're not always using your car? With Pact, you can pause your car insurance when you are not driving. That is right. Pause your car insurance right from their easy-to-use app. Pact is a top five rated car insurance app because you can get a quote instantly, change your policy for free, and now pause your coverage. Available on both iPhone and Android, go to pactauto.com 
That is P-A-C-T-A-U-T-O.com to get a quote and start imagining the pause abilities. Anybody in Ohio, download the app. Cost you nothing. Get a quote. If it's cheap, you know, everybody's looking to save money. Go ahead. Check it out. Thanks to the folks over at Packed Auto for their sponsorship of Locked on Browns. Now, Pete, as I'm dropping stuff here in my lap, um, look, we are headed on in here to obviously the week, uh, the weekend of week nine. Um, I, I hope Kyler Murray's still alive. I'm a little worried about the young man for this matchup that he's got tonight against this uh, San Francisco 49ers defensive line. Pete, what on the slate here looks interesting this week? Uh, number one is the Ravens and the Patriots um, for the same reason that the Browns and Patriots were interesting. Um, you know, if they don't turn the ball over the way they did, you know, what Nick, Ch- what they were attempting to do was working and that they really ran the ball well with Nick Chubb. They had 159 yards total and the Patriots into that, to that point only gave up 74 and change. Um, the Ravens are obviously going to want to do a lot of the same things. Obviously, it's going to be fascinating to see how Belichick wants to defend Lamar Jackson. Obviously, you know, any number of coaches, and the Browns will be one of those groups who are going to be glued to that one at, at some point when they get a chance to see what he does, because obviously um, he could do something that's uh, you know, influences how they, they deal with it. So that's, uh, that's far and away the most interesting matchup to me. And the thing I love about this, though, and, you know, Raven fans, look, I mean, whatever. I mean, obviously feeling good, 5-2. and two. Uh, This is going to be the test. It's going to be the ultimate test of where you're at. Um, you know, you've gotten the easy part of the schedule where the Browns are now getting to. You're starting to get to the meat and potatoes of it. And, uh, you know, a guy like Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, what keeps Bill, a guy like Bill Belichick still doing this after all this long is looking at the schedule and looking at a guy like Lamar Jackson and going, all right. Okay. All right. This, and this is what Bill lives for. It's the challenge. It's the chance to get into delve into his library of copious amounts of books and dig in and say, all right, guarantee you, you've never seen this. So how are you going to counter that? That's, you know, it, of course, obviously, look, you know, we're, we're all Browns wise. We're Patriots fans this weekend. Uh, there's, you know, no getting around that angle. Uh, Pete, you and the go, you and the guys close out the season tomorrow night at nine and zero. Obviously, waiting. You know, you find out over the weekend about state seating and stuff like that. Um, how are you guys feeling? I mean, what's it like? I mean, you've been coaching a while now. Obviously, you know, you've, uh, I'm pretty sure you've been a part of a season like this at this point. Um, I've been a part of one other regular season that we had nine wins. We were nine and one in that year. Uh, different high school when we were Crestwood, we had you know, one of the best players in the state of Ohio uh, who's currently playing his football, Cornell, uh, which if J.C. Treader wants to come on, I'd love to ask him about. Um, but go Logan Toot for uh, – Mr. Treader. Mr. Treader, I know you're a follower. Come on, let's get J.C. on here. Uh, and, you know, before I had gotten there, they had been to the playoffs. In fact, they had been to the Final Four the year before I got there. So it was sort of expected they were going to be good. We did beat one team they hadn't beaten. Um, up until that point in the regular season, which was a big deal. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we lost in the tight game in the playoffs in the first round. Um, obviously, th- this school, th- this will be only the third time they've ever made the playoffs. We are 
we've clinched a spot. It's just a question of if we finish out, uh, it will affect where we're seated. Um, you know, and obviously if we win, we, we will get a home game the first round, uh, which is important. Uh, but for that, it's senior night. It's all those things. Um, it's a little bit of a different feeling for those seniors in the sense that it is senior night and they're going to, you know, do all those things, but they know they have at least one more game and it becomes, you know, a kill what you catch type situation. And obviously, you know, Which makes it the are, ultimate senior night. I mean, you can really, truly enjoy it because you know either way it's not the last. I mean, look, for some of those kids, you know, you, you would know it's the end of the line. For every one of those kids, hey, we're going to get to do this at least one more time. Yeah, I think it becomes more, you know, a situation where it becomes entirely enjoyment and there's not, yep. you know, uh, you know, the emotions of, you know, you're never going to be able to come out on this field again. You're going to get that at least one more time. Well, for some um, of them, any field ever again. Yeah, yeah, 100%. There are guys who are, you know, this will be the last football they ever play. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously a big deal. Obviously, uh, they have a chance. We have a chance to make history tomorrow. If we finish up the season with, with uh, a win, uh, they've never been undefeated in the regular season. And I don't care who you play against or what level you play against, going undefeated is, is not easy at any level. Uh, and so, you know, if we go out and take care of business, then that's going to be a special deal for them because they will, you know, they will, the players, uh, you know, I don't make any blocks or tackle, but they will be the first uh, team in this program's history ever to be having underpaid regular season. So by, just by virtue of that, well, they will be the greatest team in this program's history. Uh, hopefully they, you know, that won't be enough and we'll get more, but um, that's a very good feeling uh, for them, uh, I'm extraordinarily proud and look forward to being able to sort of enjoy that with them. But it's going to be their night, and I hope they get to sort of make the most of it. We stay healthy, and it, it's just all good. All right. Yeah, it's great to hear. You, you know, I love I, I love almost shadowing this experience. And obviously, I remember, you know, how we talked about this last year as opposed to how we're talking about it this year. And, uh, you know, obviously, happy for you. My number one, Ohio My number one. Ohio football, uh, high school football program. I'm going to put a bow on this uh, here. Uh, obviously, you know, for many of you, by the time you get to this, this will be uh, November. And obviously, look, I mean, it's, you know, it's money time now. There's, you know, no more, you know, no more land landmines, any of that stuff. I mean, everything has got to be done seriously, meticulously, and to the letter. No more screw-ups, no more hiccups. Uh, Pete Brown's Maven on Twitter, at Brown's Maven. Obviously, Browns Maven through SI.com. Check out all of Pete's work over there. Doing a fantastic job. At underscore Pete Smith underscore on the Twitter machine. The at Lockdown Browns Twitter account. Always follow back. DMs are always open. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there. Guys, iTunes rating reviews. Please, 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 please. I don't ask you for nothing. I don't ask you for much. Let's get those picked up for me. Take care of that, will you? Uh, with that, we'll put a bow on this here and wrap this one up. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.